Ladies and gents, welcome back to Double Stack F1 Podcast. We're here to recap Monaco Grand Prix, and guess who is back on the pod with us today? It is my man, Trevor Bauer. Trevor, how's it how going, everybody? Miami, man, or in Florida. Was, I don't know where you were exactly. It was great. Yeah, I was in South Florida, so I was in Delray Beach, pretty pretty close to Miami, but not quite Miami. Um, yeah, it was a blast. Had a great time. Hung out on the beach, got some sun. Uh, it's it a good time. I hope you didn't miss the Grand Prix while you were there. You got to watch it live. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, made sure to carve out some time to watch it live. Um, okay. It was an interesting race at times. Uh, at other times, a little boring. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, sure. sweet sweet race. Uh, Marco Grand Prix was on Sunday. Very eventful, to say the least, I think. Uh, we do. Uh, Trevor has a ton of... Uh, stats to, to, to lay on us today around this this gp in particular uh, i heard a few of them pretty impressed and i hope you can share that with you uh going into the race uh we had the starting grid was verstappen uh p1 followed by alonso ocon signs hamilton leclerc gasly russell sonoda norris in our top 10 followed by Piastri, DeVries, Albon, Stroll, Bottas, Sargent, Magnussen, and Hulkenberg in 18. And last but not least, Joe Guan Yu and Sergio Perez. Um, race ended. The race results, we had Verstappen to Alonso to Ocon. Nothing changed for the top three, followed by Hamilton, Russell, Leclerc, Gasly, Sainz, Norris, Piastri to to lock up the top 10. The two Ferraris fell a bit behind, uh, but in the second half of the field, we had Botas, DeVries, Joguanyu, Albon, Sonoda, Perez made it up to 16th in a very interesting way. We'll cover that shortly. Uh, Hockenberg, Sargent, Magnuson, and Stroll to finish the the, the top 20. Um, yeah, a lot happened. We'll, we'll start from the back, uh, if, if you don't mind. Um, Lance Stroll, my friend. Ah, can you walk me through his race if you remember at all? I I don't really remember in terms of like a play by play, but I remember him being involved in in quite a few incidents. <laughs> yeah, so Stroll, only guy I think to not finish, right? Um, yes, that's true. Stroll started on hards. Uh, he, I, it was like. It was like playing F122 when I watched him get off the line. Took the outside line into take took the outside into turn one, and then you know went up the hill. Try to try to send it on Sergeant. So he sent it on Sergeant. Sergeant dodged it a little bit uh, into I think it was the the heavy breaking into turn four I believe, and then he did the same thing. He wanted to do the same thing on Albon, I believe. Uh, or Gassi, I don't know who it was, but he was in the back. Uh, he wanted to send it on, I think, Albon into the the tight chicane, the 180, the 180 turn six or turn five, and the door just closed on him, and he just, like, smashed into the wall. That wasn't it. He, he carried on to, to get the move done into turn seven and ended up getting his, his front wheel boshed up by by Hockenberg. It, was, it started off disastrous he had a fast car but i think he found a way to just 
keep putting it in the wall. It was ridiculous. It was the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, anyways. I, I think it was a case of, uh, you know, he started out of position. His teammate started P2. So, like, obviously yeah. the car is capable of a, of a you know, top of the grid start. Um, I think he started way out of position and was trying way too hard to make up for having started out of position. And it just led yeah. to mistakes and, and incidents. Yeah. And it was frustration. I think he's a really good driver. He does well in the wets. Uh, and, and similar to him, uh, it, 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 I think Sergio got into the same situation. I think once Stroh made it into the, 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 the inters after lap 52 or 53, he eventually, I think he went into that runoff, right? Where, where, he, where he met with George Russell uh, and then came back out and eventually had to like retire, right? Do you remember that downhill after Casino Square where he just went straight on and then there was a yellow flag that got pulled? Yeah, and eventually yeah. He DNF'd there. So tough race. Uh, he had a great car. Uh, started, like we said, P14, but eventually was dead last and walked his way back to the grid. He was taking the same path as, uh, how do you call him? Uh, do you remember Raikkonen in... Uh, in, Mon well, in, in Monaco. Couldn't have been the exact same path. Raikkonen yeah. in 2006. That was epic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was going by the, the, the how do you call it? Uh, the, the, what's the tunnel? He was walking towards the tunnel. Yeah. And, and then the you come out to where the harbor is with all the yachts. Yeah. Yes, and the camera was on. Which is where Kimmy's like, Kimmy's trip back to the paddock stopped there, and yeah. uh, he just stayed there for the rest of the race, drinking I'm drinking like, on his yacht. Which I mean, I can't blame him. Yeah. That's an epic move. Yeah, Stroh's dad's boat was there too that day, so I was hoping he would just like <laughs> hop on his dad's boat and just start slamming some PBR or some stuff. But anyway, he didn't do that. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he just had a pretty interesting weekend. I know he's gonna fall, come back on his feet in spain we do hope so uh it'll be great and from spain he's going to canada so want to make sure he gets his act together the other question that came out a lot was does he deserve that seat and is he going to be around longer term with the whole honda deal and everything does he deserve a seat i don't know what's your take on that i don't think it like whether he deserves the Aston Martin seat, I don't think is a rele relevant question. Um, he gets it. His dad owns the team. That that's just kind of how that works. I I think there's been a lot of questions over the years of does he deserve a, a seat in F1? And I would say kind of early in his career, maybe not so much. But I think at this point, like he deserves to be on the grid. Um, obviously I think there's, there's several other drivers on the grid that can be getting more out of that car than he is, but you know, his, he's good enough to be one of the top 20 drivers. His dad owns a team. They happen to put a really good car together. So, you know, he's in a, he's in a pretty good car. He does well with the car sometimes, right? Sometimes. You remember his quality, his right? His consistency. Yeah, that's, but exactly that's everybody's like, issue. Like that's the one. Th so one thing I would say that like, if we look at the grid right now, right, mm -hmm. there's three drivers that have previously won championships, right? Lewis Hamilton, obviously Max Verstappen and, and Alonso. The, 
the one thing, the one trait that they all very much have in common that I think the rest of the grid often lacks is just ridiculous levels of consistency. Like, yeah. like they're putting in whatever they lap times. In. Yeah, whatever lap times they're putting in, they're putting in every single lap. Like within a ten for or two. Tenths yeah, each like time. they're yeah. right there. They're not like eight tenths off one lap, like a second and a half off another lap. Like no, like it's just okay. We're driving to these lap times, and they're just consistently there. Just and, slamming it in. No and big like, deal. I think that's what makes a, a Formula One. That's what distinguishes a Formula One champion between from like somebody who is, you know, a Formula part of one the top twenty drivers in the world. Yeah, yeah. A, a challenger versus a champion. I think that's the yeah. difference. And yeah. like, obviously, Stroll doesn't have that level of consistency. Um, mm -hmm. I've been saying it kind of, kind of all season on this podcast. Like I expect him to put in some really good results mixed in with some really bad results. Cause yeah. you know, he does when he's on his game, he does really well, but he's not always consistent. He's I'd say relative, he's probably the least consistent out of the drivers from the top four teams this year. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I have been noticing that on my F1 fantasy team. Uh, I have since day one, since Bahrain, like I've had him on my team, uh, along with, uh, Alonzo and the Aston Martin, and they delivered points pretty well, race one, race three, but he had a DNF in, in Saudi, which wasn't his fault. Really. Uh, Miami, he did, he did, he qualified 13 for something and washed it again, uh, had a terrible race. Uh, and then here again, we didn't go to Imola, but we came here and he, he, he does something similar, right? He was right there doing well. And then all of a sudden he makes some mistakes. It just cost him his weekend. So cost me a lot of points as well. So, uh, I think he cost the team a lot of points. I think he showed me, uh, uh, now the Aston Martin's what one point ahead of the Mercedes. Oh, that I'm not sure about, but yeah, Alonso... yeah. They're... Alonso is very close to Perez for second place in the drivers. Yeah. It's only yeah. uh if Perez like Perez is another driver. I mean, I think he's more consistent than Stroll is, but he's like another driver that kind of fits that mold where like when he's on, he's on. He can win races and you know, challenge at the front of the grid, but he for Perez specifically, like he he often makes mistakes in qualifying that he just can't make up for during the race. Um yeah. And that, like, unfortunately for him, a lot of times it's in Q1, which are kind of mistakes you don't need to be making, especially we'll in, the red, in the Red Bull. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, next up, I know we spent like 11 minutes on Stroll, but uh, he was, <laughs> well, there's two very, guys, I'm he's sure. He's very important. So Yeah, there's two guys we're going to have to talk about quite a bit, and, and, and it's him and, and Paris. Uh, but yeah, number 19, Magnuson. Um, yeah, Magnuson was, uh, he showed uh, that he had a lot of Viking spirit in him. Uh, that stint, that stint on the hearts when it started raining, he was just going around laps and laps just going on his hard. heart. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, everybody has pitted, dude. Like, why are you still out there? Hey, uh, maybe it'll dry up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the original, original hearts and the skit took it further than anybody before he pitted 
he took it even further than than Max Verstappen. And then um, I think he put on heavy wets when everybody was yeah was on inserts, and it started sliding around. I was like, the wets are not working. And, and, and if I know everybody, they spoke about bringing the wets where you don't have to have them in the tire blankets this weekend. I think you're not uh, so, allowed to have them in the tire blankets. Yeah, that's what it was. No, yeah, they used to have a version where they could be stored, but there's a new construction of these tires that you don't. They don't require tire blankets. Uh, they're supposed to to light up relatively quickly. But like everybody that went on them, even Paris took them on a on a for a test drive at some point. It was ridiculous. They were sliding around all over the place. I know Pirelli doesn't want us to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it. Those new tires suck. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Magnuson and everybody that tried them out is probably like, yeah, those, those wets are no bueno. So uh, I, th- I think it was Magnuson. It might have been Hulkenberg. Um, I think it was Magnuson, though, had like a pretty epic overtake on Logan Sargent earlier in the race. Yeah. Oh yeah, was came from like out of nowhere, locked up all four of his tires in the braking zone. It's, it's still like, yeah, okay, that's said. Hulkenberg. Okay, was said he sent it hard. That on was him. an epic overtake. <laughs> yeah, and it was like he almost oopsie dootsie into like who was it? Was it Botas or 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 uh, Joe? He almost sent him into yeah, one, one of, of the one of the alpha. Yeah. yeah, and I was like. But but I'm pretty sure he probably had had needed a change of pants after that. But he was able to to catch it and and I think it was a, a slight kiss right there, right? Well, it was a slight kiss on, wasn't it? Uh, stroll. Was well, it Sergeant stroll Sergeant started to turn in and then like <laughs> I was like clearly surprised by the sight of the Haas being there and like I don't know yeah. if they touched or not. If they did, it was yeah. like very minor. But yeah, uh, and then they all went into the. The hairpin and they start like bump drafting each other. Did you did you see that part? It was yeah, just yeah, ridiculous was to watch. Uh, but yeah, fun race overall. I we're pretty happy to talk about this. I, I'm not gonna lie. This was actually a pretty pretty uh a pretty uh action packed race. Uh, Logan Sargent. Uh, <sighs> Logan Sargent went on another education ride. I would call it. Um, it was a tough race from a for 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 the American driver. Uh, yeah, he he got hit relatively quickly. He he, let me see his stint here. So, Sergeant started on mediums, had to go on, had some damage, right, and then had to or he, he was he was graining heavily. Decided to switch over to hards, take the hards out for a couple laps. Has has a puncture, uh, and then has to do like a massive stint on the red tires until it started raining and he switched off of them to go on on enters to finish the race it was a tough session and he was just like dragging that car around for quite a bit oh ended up p18 oh it's better than being dead last though but yeah tough race one to forget and uh hopefully he he can do better in um in spain uh this weekend you got anything to add on on Sergeant? What do you think about his drive this this weekend? Not really much to add. Um, just kind of circling back to that overtake. I thought there was a funny kind of radio message. He he kind of was just like, <laughs> "What? What was that? What was that?" And I, I think it was Brundle with the radio broadcast was like, 
Well, that was an overtake. <laughs> uh, well, he's still learning, right? He's in his rookie year. Uh, not always, in the fastest car. Yeah, and I always do kind of feel for rookies in Monaco. Like, yeah. that's a unique circuit with its own set of challenges. The wall's super close, super narrow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you it's got to be like a really hard place for, you know, being a rookie. Yeah. So, especially so in these faster F1 cars. I know they've driven F2, F3 here, but like with these faster F1 cars, it's just a different ball game, you know. And yeah. So, it's not like back, this year. It's not like back in Fangio's day when he could tell whether or not they were watching him <laughs> or somebody else. Yeah. What race what year was that race? You remember? Oh, I don't know. It was it was I don't yeah, I don't know. At the early early Early, uh, it's one uh, of the early ones for F1. Ones, yeah, yeah. Hulkenberg, the man that uh, was right in front of Logan Sargent. I think he got the move done and just stayed there in 17. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's Monaco, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was 18th, ended up 17th. Uh, yeah, Hulkenberg did a few great moves, but I think the car wasn't there. Quite frankly, the car, the, the Haas wasn't there. They're probably the slowest car on the grid, both in quality and in the race. It was just a struggle for that team. I don't know what happened, uh, but I think maybe they didn't get the setup right or or something that weekend. And once you start on the back, you're probably you're you're basically stuck there for the rest of the race. Uh, and uh, yeah, hoping for the worst to happen for everybody else. I think what was his race like? Hulkenberg, he started on medium, got a puncture first lap, uh, first or second lap, had to pit with along with Paris, came back on on hards, did a long stint, did the inters, and then did the the the, the full wets. Huh. He went on a test drive as well. So pretty interesting, interesting. race for him. Yeah. I think with both uh, of Paris. the Haas's pretty much like with uh, I think Magnuson stayed out super late on the slicks. And I think basically mm -hmm. they didn't have the I think you're right that they didn't have the setup right for this weekend. They didn't have the car for this weekend, and they were pretty much just trying to do something that was kind of opposite to the rest of the grid, hoping that you know something happens with the conditions and it kind of falls mm -hmm. into their favor. But with with yeah. both cars so far down the grid, you kind of have to do something aggressive if you want to score any points, and you know it usually doesn't work out. Um, no. Sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't. And this was one of those cases. Wilkenberg, 17. Number 16, drum roll. The man in the Red Bull from Milton Kings. Your man, Sergio Perez. Tell me about Sergio here. What is, how did you enjoy watching Sergio get a, get a very, very expensive punishment? From, he wrote a zero, basically. Tell me about this. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, like I was kind of talking about earlier, it's it's not the first time this year that he made a mistake in Q1 that kind of like ruined his weekend in Australia. He was able to battle back a little bit. But, I mean, you're not going to make those kind of overtakes in Monaco. Um, yeah, like wins the race last year, out in Q1 this year, starts at the back of the grid and is – like miles from the points definitely a weekend to forget for for perez and um all the like hopes for a championship battle and and talks about like him challenging max like those look to be ancient history at this point 
Yeah, I know he was. There was this thing on, I saw on Twitter where I don't know if it was a recap from from a from an interview he did where he's like, "Oh, I can't keep doing these type of errors. This cost me twenty five and oh, blah blah blah. If I want to be in this championship, I need to stop doing these mistakes." I'm like, dude, we're only on race six, and you've done it twice. What makes you think that you won't do it again? In the next, how many more races we have? Twenty. We have twenty-two for the season. Sixteen races. Like what? Yeah, yeah, sixteen. So. Yeah. What makes you think you're not gonna do it again? Like, stop it. You're out. I don't know. I, I just lost it. I just didn't want to listen to him anymore. I'm like, you ruined your especially, own weekend. Especially when your comparison is like, you know, best case scenario for Perez, it finishes Perez first, Verstappen second. Yeah. So. so it's like you've already given up this sort of a, a gap in the championship point. You're never going to make it up if, like, the best you can do in a weekend is gain eight points. Yeah. I think deep down inside, he he, he felt that. And and he, he kind of, it, it kind of dawned on him that it was almost an impossible task at this point. Um, how far is he behind? So behind for the next, for the, by my quick math, and I might be wrong. He basically needs to finish first for the next six straight weekends with Verstappen finishing second for them to be tied in the championship. Uh, God. Oh, you're, you're counting. He's 39 oh. points behind, yeah. right? So eight, five, five. 35, 35. Five races. Oh. He's, yeah, yeah he's. Uh, 55? Uh, 144 no, to 105. 75, 75. So he's 39 points behind. Yeah, yeah, 39. Sorry. Oh, so yeah, if we're yeah, saying yeah. like the best he can do is is like eight points, right? Yep. Yep. In in a 25, single weekend. 20, 26 to eighteen if he gets the fastest lap, right? Okay. So, so fastest lap to let's say yeah. eight. Eight eight point. Yeah. So that like he needs to win the next five to just be tied with Verstappen. Oh. Well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna linger on Perez. And like, Pookie. while we're on Perez, like real quick, <laughs> 105 points in the championship. Alonso's got 93, so yeah. we're it, it was looking a few races ago like it, it's possible Red Bull goes one two every race so of the season, points. like blah blah blah. Like Red Bull might not even go one two um for the championship. Like like it's very possible that. Alonso ends up beating out Perez if Perez can't find some consistency soon. Yeah, we heard Alonso talking about like, yeah, yeah, the championship can be won even if he's just picking up these P2s, P2s, P3. Like, it could all get, it could all be played. It could, there still could be a championship uh, at the end of the season if he keeps like staying within the points uh, the way he is. So, it's an interesting comment from him as if he, he felt like he was in the fight for, for the championship. I don't know where he's getting that enthusiasm from, but uh we'll see. It's a long season, 16 more races to go. Anything can happen. It's F1, right? Yeah. Um Yuki Sonoda, 15. Yuki broke my heart. I had Yuki finishing P9, bro. When I did the pre-race, oh yeah. Uh, uh, preview, I was like, Yuki's gonna keep it there. Uh P9, best results. Uh no. His engineer was trying to trying to kill him so i remember break, break I, strategy i remember that <laughs> i remember that radio message he's like are you trying to make me crash and i'm like <laughs> i'm pretty sure he like went deep and into the runoff like 
very shortly after asking that question. Oh, Yuki had a tough race. So he was he was right there. Uh P P9 the whole time. And then as soon as it started raining, and I think he was managing that that break issue uh for the entire race and was able to keep Pia- Nos- Norris and Piastri behind. But as soon as he the issue started happening during in, in the rain and he couldn't keep it anymore, he just fell off completely from from ninth. He ended up losing, I don't know, six spots and ended up fifteenth. Brutal, brutal race for Sonoda. Uh, I think Alpha Alpha Tauri needs to figure out this brake issue. I think it was a similar issue last year, right? Do you remember? How uh, do Pierre used to complain about it a lot? I vividly remember from um, what was that race? Japan last year. Uh, Pierre Pierre arguing about the brakes just not being there at all. So maybe it's something that uh it's baked into the concept and they, they dragged it over again uh to this year's car but hopefully they can uh dissect that and fix it um anything you want to add on yuki no i mean the only the only thing really i've already mentioned i thought the radio message and then like what happened just immediately after was was kind of interesting um yeah. kind of seems like yuki felt something in the car and the engineers weren't really taking his concerns as seriously yeah. as maybe they should have Absolutely. Um, Alex Alba. I didn't see him. I didn't notice him that much. He just did his race. He started, uh, he started, Alban started 13th, fell back one position to 14th. Yeah, I guess not much action there. Uh, just clean race, just doesn't have the car, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he deserves, uh, like if a, you know, a seat opens up at a, a, slightly better team, team. I, I think he deserves a, a better car a, more com- a more competitive car um yeah i'm not saying he deserves you know a front-running car but he it, i think he deserves you know a spot in f1 and, and maybe deserves to show what he can do with uh, you know something a little more competitive than the williams yeah. i agree i agree i think uh he's 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 performing way more than that car uh needs to be performing if, if if only you if you just compare him to his his junior uh uh teammate uh, uh logan Sargent. he's he's finishing ahead qualifying ahead of him every single race so yeah yeah Kudos i mean in, Mon- in monaco Sargent finished two laps down albon only finished yeah. one lap down so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's big, something big time. you're being lapped by your teammate so still yeah. bad <laughs> uh Yu. Started off 19th, made it up to 13th. Was it luck? Or was it just he just dodged all the carnage from everybody else behind him? I don't know. Like that's a great result from him. I'd have to like look back. I didn't see much of him during the broadcast, but I'm like 19th or 13th in Monaco is huge. Quite quite a good performance. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but everybody else was like double pitting, making mistakes, and I think he just like kept his nose clean and just like was able to benefit from everybody pitting 100 times during the race and just moved his way slowly off the grid, up the grid. Uh, number 12, DeVries started 12, ended up 12. Best result of the season for this gentleman here. Finally beat Yuki for the first time this season. Yeah. I don't know. Not much to say about him. Just drove a clean race, kept his nose out of trouble. Uh, didn't have any major... Uh, break issue. I think for him, it was important to deliver 
a clean weekend for a change, not bump into anybody. And what a perfect place to do it, right? The toughest track on the calendar. Um, yeah, he was able to do well in uh, qualifying, put the car up in 12. That car is probably the slowest car, right? I was able to bring it up quite a bit. So uh, do you do you owe me a dime this time? Because you said it yeah, this time, not yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the Alphatari yeah. is probably the slowest car. <laughs> Thank you but very much. I, for even I guess we just broke even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the race did a good job. Uh, kept his nose clean, and I hope that momentum will carry into uh, Spain and uh, through the rest of the season so he doesn't get that ultimatum from... Uh, What's that guy's name again? He keeps talking a lot. What is it? Marco? Yeah, it's Marco. Uh, that he he stays away from the from the principal's office uh, for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, Valtteri Bottas uh, started 15th, ended up 11th, similar to his team. And I just think uh, those alpha alpha kids uh, had pretty good race pace, stayed out of trouble. Uh, and uh, we're able to gain positions that way. Well, let me see his race. So Botas did a massively long stint on the on the hards before switching to enters for the rest of the race. Uh, Wan Yu had to do a pit for, uh, on lap one, though. He went to meet from from uh, reds to uh, hards before he pitted again. So he was involved and in some kind of incident at the beginning of the race as well. So yeah, but that's clean race. I don't know. I haven't seen him do anything spectacular though. Did you? Uh, yeah. I mean, Botas is another one. I didn't really, uh, notice too much. Um, seems like a lot, most of the broadcast kind of focused on the, the top six or yeah. so, um, plus, yeah. plus Perez. So yeah, I didn't quite really notice much, uh, much of, uh, you know, Botas or, or some of the other drivers. Yep, Botas, clean weekend. Hopefully, I think the car with the upgrades that they brought this weekend will we'll get a, a better eye on on how that is performing at, at a clean track like Barcelona this weekend. I'm excited for that one. Uh, and that's a car I'm going to keep a close eye on uh, come Friday. Uh, Piastri and Norris. I was just bond of those two. I feel like they raced together, benefited from Yuki's uh mistake um drove a clean lap i know norris piastri at some point was like when the rain started i had to follow uh verstappen just to see the lines he were taking uh see how much to push uh in, in with an f1 car on this track uh so learned had a had a 101 on how to drive in monaco uh behind verstappen when the rain came down so Clean I race. Mean, if you're gonna copy, points. yeah. If you're gonna copy anybody on the grid in the rain, Verstappen's hey, El Maestro. Verstappen's man. a good a good guy to <laughs> to learn from. For yeah, sure. yeah. It's like when you're karting and you're like slower, you're just like, don't worry. I just follow the guy that's quickest on track. Yeah, I just you. wait for somebody quicker to pass me so I can try to copy them. Yeah, see the lines <laughs> he's using, seeing where they're breaking, and. You're just you're just getting better that way. So yeah, good idea, exactly. good job there. Norris, Piastri's uh, point moves him clear of of Botas. So now he's got five points in the in the championship standings. Oh. Puts him at thirteenth thirteenth place. Oh my, beat the Alpha kids, huh? Uh, cool. Norris wasn't too pumped about his P nine. He wanted more. I uh, felt like he the car deserved more. Uh, only issue is he had a he had a problem during quali, right? He 
he got infringed by by Leclerc in the tunnel, which kind of ruined his Q3 lap. Uh, himself, he put it in the wall at the beginning of at the end of Q2, uh, which re required a massive uh, repair job uh, going into Q3. And so it was just a lot of it is his fault, right? That he ended up starting P10 uh, in a pretty uncomfortable position, but he made the best off of it. And uh, hopefully uh, that car can do more and they can collect points next weekend. Yeah, and I got to, like, kind of following up on that, like, I got to kind of think, like, when he makes mistakes, you know, like the ones he made in qualifying and whatnot, it, to me, it looks like somebody who is in a car that they know is not, you know, where it should be, and they're trying to overcompensate, and, you know, they're trying to be, like, absolutely on the limit. Sometimes they step a little over, and those mistakes happen, yeah. but like we know how good of a driver he is and uh yeah like it's a it, it would be disappointing to be in that position you know with with the caries and this this season and i think like when he makes those kind of mistakes like it to me it just looks like he's just trying to make up for the deficit that the car is is kind of putting him in and uh yeah yeah a la leclerc 2022 right leclerc binning it in a few a few races there uh, when, yeah, when he exactly. was overdriving. And he did it again this year a few times. Miami is a clear example of that back-to-back -back days where he overdrove the car. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Norris, hopefully he gets into a, a solid car and he can demonstrate his full capacity. Still hasn't had a race win yet in his F1 career. So we're all waiting for that day. Uh, Carlos Sainz, he was mad. That's all I remember from Carlos's Ryan. He's like, I race. I am not racing Lewis Hamilton. Pit to cover Lewis. He's like, guys, no. I want to stay out. I want to over. I want to overcut um, uh, Ocon. I can do it. Please let me out. No, no. Pit, pit, pit now. Pit now. Just ruined his race, quite frankly. Um, yeah. What did you? <laughs> nothing else I can tell. But science, unfortunately, uh, he his strategy know, like went against him. I know that he's upset and a lot of times that he disagrees with his team, I, I kind of tend to side with Carlos Sainz, but in this case, it's, it's so hard to place the blame on your team. But when you're crashing into the car in front of you and messing up your wing, um, it, when those sort of things are happening, it, it's hard to then turn around and say like, well, strategy is, is the issue. It's like, well, maybe. But like, would strategy have been the issue if you didn't damage your wing? You know? Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He, he he was trying to send it into like the Nouvelle Chicane, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, there's there's no sending there, bro. Like you can't. It, like. And it was very short. Shuts. Yeah, it was very <laughs> shortly after saying something along the lines of "Let's push him really hard and make him wear out his tires." It's like, well. You also need to slow down when he's stopping in front of you. Like you can't just yeah. hit him. <laughs> like yeah, I was like, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, his race is over with the dangling wheel. I was like, he's gonna get black and black and orange. Yeah, I thought he was gonna get the meatball. Yeah, it ended up the end uh, plate ended up breaking off. He never got like the meatball. I think he stayed out no. with that like broken wing, but it's still just like. I, when you're damaging the car, can you really blame the team for strategy down the road later on? And then yeah. he, he goes off, right? Eventually, when the rain starts, he just yes. like slides off. 
He locked up wow. all four tires and just like slid off the track at like two miles an hour, like so slow, but just slid, just kept sliding. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I that's think, why, I think that's how Leclerc got it. He was ahead of Leclerc before that. That's how Leclerc got ahead of him. And then they double stacked <laughs> and he was just sitting there. Oh, was it before he pitted for the for the slicks? Yeah, it was on mediums. It was, then. No, 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 they were both on slicks. It was before they pitted for the the inters. Yeah. So yeah, where is he here on my strategy sides? Yeah, he was a he was on the medium, and then he he spins off at the beginning of the rain session. And then and so they hustle back, back to the pits to both put on inters. Meanwhile, Alonso is pulling into the pits and putting on mediums. <laughs> Alonzo, dude. Like that all happened on the same lap. Same lap. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to, to Alonzo down the road. Don't worry. I'm winning. Uh I got him. Uh Pierre Gasly. Uh started seventh, finished seventh. Backed up, backed up a few people to for for Ocon there. I heard a lot of people on the radio say he's backing us up to give to give a, a window for Ocon to pit, blah blah blah. I was like, hey man. It's a good team player, man. No hard feeling yeah. for for his brother in arm. Um, what what else can you do? Uh, delivering. So he owes him one. Took him out in Australia. So I think the least he could do is to like back up, defend like a lion in Monaco for for Ocon to to get on the podium. So great job for Gasly. I think good race. Did what he needed to do as a perfect teammate. Yeah, I'm. I don't really have much to add. I thought he did a, a good job and. Uh... Yeah. Leclerc started six, finished six. Uneventful race, right? I didn't see him do any mistake. Drew, drove what he could drive, didn't overdrive his car, didn't make any mistakes in the race that I remember. Uh, just wasn't lucky from the three-place penalty. He could have finished on the podium if it wasn't for the penalty. Um, I mean, he, he had a lot of pace have. in that car. Yeah, he had a ton of pace. I mean... If we think about it, if Leclerc starting in third, I don't think the gap between Alonso and third place oh, is as big as it ends up we'll being. We'll talk about. We'll talk about that when we so get like, to that. So, like, I guy. think the odds, oh. like, if Leclerc starts third, I think the odds of him finishing third are pretty high. Or strong, like, like yeah. really, really high. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyways, mistakes happen, and uh, it was all on his team, Senor Russell. <laughs> Boy wanted to overtake Hamilton on the track. Radio calling it in. Tough, tough luck. He was P3 at some point. Uh, and then he's always ambitious on the radio. You can't you can't fault him for trying. He's always kind of like, hey, can we try this? Like <laughs> we try how about how about um, he lets me by, you know? Like maybe if I don't get the overtake, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. Like, what do you think? <laughs> Like always, he's always trying. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you have to earn this. It has to be a very special situation. Like you're going for the championship, and like you, you, we need to give you the position to keep you in the in the championship fight. It doesn't happen every race. Like, it's, it's also pretty. It, you wild. need to use that card. It's also pretty wild that it's his second year in the team and his teammate is a seven-time world champion and he just keeps asking for team orders. It's like, wait, what? Like, it's usually not how this uh, works. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, win a few championship first and then, like, 
come back and ask for that, bro. Like, but he gets yeah. away with it sometime, right? Like, I think he got a, he got. I, I remember him getting away with it last year in Zenvor. Do you remember the Zenvor debacle where he pitted when they were t- asking him not to pit? He's like, and then he said, "Oh, my tires are gone. I need to pit now uh, before the race start," and just left Hamilton to hang. Uh, Verstappen ended up P two instead of Russell. Uh, covering down P two for 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 Lewis in the lead, it was interesting, and 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 I think the last time I heard him say something interesting was in Australia this year when he was like, "I'm I'm getting pressured by my teammate." Like when it was you know Alonso Verstappen was chasing down Hamilton, and Hamilton had to like just go faster. You know, it's like it's not Hamilton's not trying to overtake you on track. And anyways, it's been interesting it's to, funny, to yeah. hear his radio radio. His, uh, his radio just, messages are very interesting. Like always. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Love Russell. Yeah. But, uh, Love the, you got to respect the ambition, but sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's just like, dude, like chill, bro. They can't just tell Lewis to move aside. Cause you'd like him to like, who's <laughs> oh, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Hey, at least he tries, you know. Hey, can't you can't you can't get mad at him for trying. So he, that's he, true. He gave it a shot. What did they uh, say? The worst you can do is ask, and you yeah. know, you might as well ask. The worst they can do is say no. <laughs> no, yeah. So you know, he, he's not afraid of rejection. Uh, uh, Lewis that's Hamilton f- finished, started fifth, ended up fourth, got one spot. Uh yeah, could have been a could have been bad. I think him pitting a few laps before it started raining. I thought his race was done at that point, um, but uh, was able to salvage that by uh, by uh, uh, getting quickly onto the enters and then people making mistakes in front of him. I think both signs and and Russell making mistakes kind of allowed him to like get his position back. Uh, he fought a lot of the race right behind Ocon. Like, Ocon backed him up hard. They were going mm. at it. And unlike other drivers that were just going to be like, I'm going to send it, Lewis wasn't trying to send it. He just knew he couldn't get away with it. He didn't have that, you know, advantage in terms of car speed to get a move done. So he just stayed behind Ocon and waited for Ocon to make a mistake. And that didn't happen. So he did he did what he could with uh the car he had. But I think a lot of it goes back to his mistake in FP3. Um it could have been a better weekend than than just P4. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh I would agree. It looks like the the you know, adding side pods to the car was probably a good idea for for Mercedes. They got 23 points out of the weekend. That's uh, you know, that's a pretty to, pretty hefty bag of points. Yeah, yeah, second yeah. second most for all the constructors, only behind Verstappen's twenty five. So yeah, um, twenty four actually. It, Hamilton had the fastest lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like he did. He oh, did. No, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. That's still twenty. Yeah, he he had the fastest lap, and it puts them one points behind. Mercedes 119, Aston Martin is 120 points for the season. So they're right there in the mix to even get P2 in the constructors before the win- before the summer break. That's kind it's of insane. amazing if you think about it. Given Just given the results that Alonso has been putting in, yeah, it's kind of amazing that Mercedes is only one point behind Aston Martin. I think yeah, it kinda... and that's where 
that's where it's a team when it comes to construction, you, you both have to deliver. And these two Mercedes guys have been delivering consistently, you know, outside yeah. of uh, the, the DNF in Australia for Russell, I think when they're bagging points, they're bagging them together side by side. What five, six, four, yeah. four, five, and four, I think three, four, and two, I think three for like Aston Martin and stroll, like strolls fine in that car. If they're a midfield team, like he's well, you're a, not a mid. He's a fine <laughs> driver a to have yeah. in that car if it's a midfield car. But like, you you built a better car than you had before, and then you hired Alonso to drive the other one, and it's like it's it's clear that that is not a midfield car. Yep, and it kind of and your teammates saying you're a potential world champion. Like drive like one, like dude, like you yeah. can do it. Well, he has faith in you that you that. can learn. Does he mean yes. that? I mean. I'm going to beat a future world champion, basically. That's what he was teaming himself up <laughs> it's for. It's the only reason he's saying it. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so it looks more impressive when he beats yeah. him. Yeah. At the end of the season, he says, look what I did. I beat a potential world champion. I'm such a great driver. Uh, Ocon. Ocon. Esteban. Estebesti. <laughs> so he completes his career podium. He previously had won a race. He had previously finished second, and now he's finished third. Oh, I didn't know that stat. Good. Stat guru here. There you dropping go. some stats on me here. Let's You're go. Welcome. Ocon, dude. I think what Ocon did this weekend was fantastic. At some point he was on pole on uh on Saturday. Uh lost it by a little bit. Uh converted the, the, the P3 into into solid podium. Uh first Frenchman on the podium since what 1996. Uh did a fantastic job. After what his who, is his team who was C, it in '96? Don't remember off the top of my head. Do you remember? I believe Stat it was. Guru? I believe it was Olivier Panis. Yes, it was Panis. Yes, it was. You're correct. Um, Another interesting thing about the race in 1996. Um, all right. Shoot. Now that we're on the topic, um, <laughs> so the last time there was an overtake for the lead in Monaco was 1996. And when that overtake took place, one of the drivers was on intermediates and the other driver or wets or whatever. And the other driver was on slick. So they like weren't even on the same type of tire. If you want to look at the last time there was an overtake for the lead when they were on the same tire or a similar tire, right? Like slicks versus slicks. Yeah. Um, It was. How back do I go? 1987 with Ayrton Senna. What month was that Grand Prix? Uh, I don't know, but. Around the same time, I, I, would, I would assume. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would guess. Yeah. When, when were you born? I'm I'm sure you were born in '87, right? I was born in '87, but like three or four months after that, it's July. So. Oh, dude, the, yeah, definitely the not. The last a time there was an July. overtake, the last time there was an overtake for the lead in Monaco with both drivers being on dry tires, I wasn't even alive. <laughs> Should we keep Monaco on the calendar then? Should this race be dropped? I mean, it's it definitely doesn't fit with the rest of the races on the calendar, which like kind of brings up the question is like, is that something you want or not? Because it's definitely like a different dynamic than every other race. Like every other race is like, you know, qualifying is pretty important, but the race is the most important. And in Monaco, it's almost the opposite. Like qualifying is the most important. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like as long as you don't make like a critical error 
on Sunday, you'll get the points that you earned on Saturday. And it's like, if that's what you like, if if, Mm -hmm. you think that's cool and want that to be part of F1, then like keep it on the calendar. But like, we have to acknowledge it's, it's not like the other races. Yeah. It's not, I think a solution uh, would be to just uh, keep it on the calendar. Uh, It can provide some crazy races from time to time. Uh, maybe not give it any points. Like in the good old days when certain races didn't count towards the championship. I don't know. That would uh, give uh, teams opportunities to let uh, younger, less experienced drivers maybe give one of your cars. drivers. Yeah, maybe let them grab the seat if it's not a point-scoring event. Give them some experience, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea. All right. Um, F1, maybe we should think about it. Uh, I know they picked up uh, coverage this year. Of, uh, they took they took production into hand this year. Get, gave us a ton of like aero shots, like airplane shots of the entire circuit with the cars buzzing at full speed through the, the swimming pool section. It was marvelous. It was beautiful. I was like, I haven't seen that one before. It's pretty sick. It was a I nice. Was- it was a nice. I still production. I still remember when the the Monaco people were in charge of the TV production. And there was a race, I think it had zero overtakes the entire race, but there was like a race to the end of pit lane between Gasly and Vettel to see who gets track position. And at the very last <laughs> second, they cut away to just so stroll totally uh. by himself, just driving through the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The, I only, the only moments of action the entire race. They, race like, they missed it. They cut away right before. Oh. Anyways, good job for Ocon. Good job for Alpine. Um, I think it's a good response to their CEO uh, complaining a couple races ago in, in Miami. I think this was the perfect response to give them uh, and to show that they're, they're, they're a solid team. The performance was always there. Uh, and uh, hopefully they can carry on. Like I said, uh, with the same momentum into uh, Spain in a couple of days. Yeah, that's a, really, that's a really good point on Ocon and Alpine, like kind of the best way to respond to that sort of criticism from uh, one of the team bosses is to just turn around and score a podium in your next time out. Yeah. What, uh, like, what yeah. else can you I, ask? What I, loved, what I loved was when he was on the podium, right, and he took the trophy – he like showed it to his team and was like, this is for you. You know, this is for you guys. You know, this is for the team. This, I want this for you guys. You know, it was, it, it meant a lot. I think it meant a lot to see that uh, at least for the people probably galvanize the entire team. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a solid weekend. And I think he, he did he, he, one of his best drives for sure. Uh, doesn't make a mistake either. He did make a mistake, my friend. He was pretty clean when it counts. He's consistent, like uh, our top three drivers, right? Very, very rarely makes a mistake unless he's fighting his teammate, which he used to do <laughs> in the past. Uh, Okan rarely make mistakes. Um, very consistent. Good job, That's Alonso. Uh, okay, a lot of people in Alonso himself were like, "Yeah, we could have never gotten P P one." Um, it was hard to tell that the track was wet. Was was wet. Uh, I think the the mediums were still the right tire to be on for that lap. I call BS on that all day long. Uh, you've made a mistake, own up to it. You 
threw away a possible race win, my friend. That's all I have to say about Alonso, man. He had what it so, came, delivered a great. I definitely see where you're coming from. And I my thoughts are a little bit mixed. So when it come when it when he says uh, you know, the track was still mostly dry, so mediums are the I think he's he's not telling the truth there because before he pulled into the pit to put on those mediums, signs had already locked up and slid off of the circuit. So obviously the track was too wet for slicks at that, at that moment. But if his goal is to finish second in the race, then I think putting on slicks is a good idea because behind him are both Ferraris who, who had already pitted for slicks. So if you put on slicks, go out slicks are the wrong tire you still have a 30 second gap behind you. You can put on the answers. You're still in second place. And that's what you want. If you're trying to challenge for the win, putting on the mediums there was wrong. It was the wrong thing to do. So like the, the question is like, what was he looking for out of this race? And I think like, honestly, I think the Aston Martin team and him as well were psyched to finish second. And so they kind of made the decision that guarantees they finish second. Why would you pump me up all weekend to do that? I was wearing now for Aston Martin gear this this Sunday. <laughs> like, why would you pump me up, set me up for like we're gonna do this? We're gonna have an offset strategy to the winner, to 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 to, to number one. We're gonna start P two, but we're gonna be aggressive. We're gonna go long. We're gonna do everything we can. We we're winning this race. And then you're telling me that by lap 50-something, you're no longer chasing that win when you're 10 seconds behind? Come on, bro. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree with you that it's like, from a spectator perspective, it's disappointing, the decision they made. But like, if you put yourself in their shoes... And your goal is you haven't even you haven't finished second yet this season. It's the best finish you've had all season, and you want to just lock that in. Then, like conservatively, strategically, he did. Well, what you can also say should have done. If you, I could also say like if he's if he's trying to be conservative, it's already raining. Uh, I can bolt on the 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 enters, and if the enters are no are no bueno, like I still have that thirty seconds to get off of them and go back on slicks, right? If they so happen right. to not have the pace, so I don't. I feel if mixed you're, as if well, you're not, right? If you're not paranoid about putting on the wrong tires and having the two Ferraris behind you on slicks catch up to you. Yeah, and then you have time. You have, and that would put you, you have thirty off seconds. The, that would put you off the podium if both of those. No, cars. he was going to be fine. It was the same thirty seconds, right? But like, let's, and everybody let's, had pitted already. Let's, let's say the conditions were that like Ferrari putting on those slicks ends up being the right call, right? And then Alonso puts on the inters. Well, he's on the wrong tires now, so he's going to have to pit again. That might let the Ferraris catch up, which jeopardizes his finishing on the podium. So if you just cover them off and do exactly what they do, and then if that's the wrong decision, then you just come in again, put on the inters, and like, okay, now you're 30 seconds further behind first place, but equally ahead of third place. Yeah, he that's, was going to be fine, right? Yeah. So the like, same he thing, just right? did Whether the he safest went... possible thing. But like, if he if he had gone even into the inters, it could he could still do the same thing. He was he he was wildly ahead, right? 
Sure, in retrospect. But at the time, if you're concerned that maybe Ferrari has made the right call and Inters are the wrong call, because remember, Verstappen still hadn't pitted for Inters. So like, uh, yeah, he, the Ferraris were pitting if next you're looking at If you're looking at people in like the front of the grid, everybody's still on slicks. And the people who have pitted have already pitted for slicks. No, the, the, the Mercedes were already on Inters. Everybody had pitted for enters and that last. Sure, but like the like through to the Ferrari, like first, second, and both of the Ferraris were all on slicks. So the two Ferraris were on in were on medium for an extra lap after he pitted, right? But yes. the entire field. Uh, but he doesn't know that they're coming already... in to pit after that. Like he only knows that they're on slicks at that moment. Yeah, they're on they're on the mediums. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was it's it's a debatable one. Um, I think it was I'm, just like I'm an pretty... ultra conservative decision. Is all like, yeah, it, I think I the decision made it clear to me that they wanted to finish mm-hmm. second and that they weren't really too concerned with trying to finish first. Well, he he could have finished first. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Anyways, first happened. Uh, great drive, fantastic drive. We're almost at the hour, man. Verstappen wins the race comfortably. That phenomenal first stint on the mediums for until it started raining and he switched over. Glorious driving. Goes back Saturday. Glorious qualifying. How he sends it into Rascas and in his last qualifier, qualifying run in Q3. Phenomenal. Just. Just impeccable, impeccable uh, performance this weekend. Bar the, he kissed the wall quite a bit this weekend. He just pushed it to the limit. He did. Uh, dabbled around a bit, but enough that those cars are strong enough that he was able to finish the 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 race. Uh, P one. Um, yeah, great race. Don't know what what else to say about it. He did fantastic. Yeah, not a ton to say. I mean, had a great qualifying session. Um, you know, his final lap, his final sector of his final lap in Q3 was amazing. Uh, he made up a, a huge gap to Alonso in just like two, three corners. And then, you know, starting everybody from Everybody did, though. When it's everybody did on Alonso on that lap, he finished, he was 10 fastest in, in, in the third sector. Of everybody in 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 Q three, he was the slowest. Yeah, Alonso. that's yeah, that's fair. But he was way faster than everybody else until then, ex- <laughs> just, exclu- yeah. excluding yeah. Verstappen. So yeah, I'm just saying, right? Like he Verstappen did fantastic. I don't want to take that away from him. Uh, yeah, but Alonso could have could have pushed a little bit more, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, or maybe first. maybe he pushed it too hard in those last two corners. He just didn't that, have any tires left. Tire left. Yeah, probably probably is the case. Probably is the case. Uh, yeah. Uh, GP rating. Let's let's end on that. What's your rating on this one? Let's you go first this time. I think I went first last uh, time. Yeah. Let me see how much I've been giving stuff. I gave Miami an eight. I gave Baku a six point five. Gave Saudi a six. Gave Race three was that. That was what the hell is race three again? Uh, Australia, I give it an eight. That was chaos. Um, I think I'll give this a seven. Uh, Monaco seven, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, pretty fair. solid race. A ton of action. Was slow at at some point in the middle. Uh, was really slow, really boring. Uh, when the rain came in, shuffled everything. Outside of that, just the disaster in the back of the of the field with the back markers like destroying each other's race was beautiful to watch. Uh, Perez and uh, Stroll just doing being ultra aggressive. Signs being ultra aggressive. I think there was a lot to to, to watch this race, and uh, production was solid as well. Uh, we saw a lot of the overtakes on TV, so yeah, giving it a solid seven, man. Yeah, I think seven is. A, I was gonna say the same. Uh, I think that's a good uh, good rating for the race. Um, as far as Monaco goes, it was a it was a pretty decent one. Um, the rain always helps. If I, I feel like dry Monaco races are usually quite dull but uh if yeah. you get some some rain into the mix making people change their strategies on the fly you turn on and, them uh, sprinklers we have to make it a mandatory <laughs> to have sprinklers in monaco every time just uh, on, only certain corners <laughs> yeah five and six so alonzo <laughs> can be tricked <laughs> Or maybe at some point just soak the entire tunnel but leave the rest of the track dry and let's just see what happens. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh but yeah. Uh where are we going next? Uh Spain. The Alonso's site, hometown. The site of Alonso's last Grand Prix win 10 years Whoa. ago, 2013. Can he do it? Can he win this race? El, El Plan. Will El Plan come to fruition? Uh, no, not happening, man. This is purely a Red Bull tracks, fast sweeping quarters. I don't think he stands a chance here, but who never knows? There's always chaos up from time to time, so he could be lucky. 2018, you never was know. it 2018? 20, was it 2018? I think you're talking about 2016. 16. Rosberg and Hamilton. Rosberg, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it could happen. You never know. Yeah, maybe um, Perez and Verstappen come together in turn two. I think it was turn two, but maybe the run down to turn three. Maybe maybe that happens again, and you know, Alonso inherits the lead and just rides away to victory. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Signs home race as well, but I don't think uh, he's top there. I think they're gonna pack this stadium, this track for to see Alonso. Uh, I went back. I think today while I was commuting. Because the track changes, now we're not going to have that chicane in sector three. I went back to like the last time we had that chicane. It's on F1, the F1 TV uh, back uh, archives, the 2004 race where they had the setup for 2004, where it was just like a flat out third sector, last corner. Beautiful, magical. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm not done with the race yet. I watched the first 10 laps. Strategy was crazy, but I could see the amount of speed people were carrying through that corner. Uh, it's going to be beautiful this weekend. If you have F1 TV, definitely go in there and check out the 2004 race. Watch the full thing. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Every time I've done any sort of like sim racing at that circuit, that Final chicane always drives me crazy, so I'm kind of, I think, uh, eliminating it is a good, <laughs> a good addition to the circuit and uh, should make that final sector a bit more interesting. Funny thing also, in F122, the game, you can take that route. You're just going to disqualify your lap, but you can <laughs> technically drive it. How much time so, does it save? I don't know. I, I, I've been reticent to, to, to do it. I don't know why. I just like setting labs and I was doing a race this Sunday 
uh, on that track. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't venture off there. I think I'll do it before, before Sunday. I think that's my, 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 something I do Friday night after work is just turn on the sim and try to go flat out through that section and see how it feels. Uh, nice. yeah, that's it. Uh, that was a recap of Monaco. I think our longest recap ever. Uh, there was a lot to, 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 uh, go, go over here in, uh, on this race, but yeah, Trevor, you want to send this off? Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, looking forward to, to catching up with you guys again on uh, Saturday after qualifying, um, for the, all right guys, Catalonia Grand Prix. Ooh, sounds exciting. Sounds even better when you say it that way. All right, guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Adios. Adios.